Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is a view from the Bullins podcast. Listen to all the latest news and inside track from Goodison Park. Gordon with a free kick. In from Gordon, decent delivery. What about this for a story? Jarrah Brathway with his first Everton goal and an Everton equaliser. A rare attack, but it's paid off. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hello and welcome back to another episode from a view from the bullings with me mick kemp lee mclean and ben win stanley lee chelsea won everton won chelsea had, had a few players out with covid but this everton team were hampered with injuries to go down to stanford bridge and get a point given the team selection 
it's a fantastic point, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, no, we were all expecting the worst, weren't we, before the game? I've seen a few people putting bet slips on Twitter with 4-0, 5-0, up to 7-0, I think someone put on. It's like, wow. But you did fear the worst. Um, you know, and being realistic, you know, they're a really, really good side. Even with injuries, you know, the players that they can call upon, you know, really, really strong. And, and we were completely decimated, you know, injuries, illness, whatever. So, I mean, it was a patchwork starting 11. You know, and we're there at our events watching it live with all the blues, which was absolutely brilliant. You know, it was better than sitting at home watching it. Um, and we're all thinking, oh, where we go? You know, this could go either way. Um, but as it turned out, as soon as I saw on the team sheet that he, he'd gone with a bit the youth and he'd given them a, a bit of a go, one thing that I, I pretty much <laughs> expected was the effort was always going to be there. There was going to be that effervescence, that sort of vigour of youth. And that's exactly what we saw. And I just think it gave the team a lift. And it's what you like to see. And I just thought the effort that they put in, a real backs against the wall effort against the still, let's, let's get it straight. Yes, they had a couple of injuries, but still a very, very strong and on paper much, much better than us. Chelsea side you know to come away and get a point from that was absolutely brilliant I thought Branthwaite he's impressed me uh, when he first broke into the side of, you know I've said a couple of weeks back I thought he looked really really good physically he looks like a centre-back a left-footed centre-half as well you know the the rare you know and the rare commodity I thought he was absolutely outstanding and not just because he, he scored you know, obviously it was a great goal a lovely finish but his performance alongside Michael Keane who again put in an absolutely brilliant performance he's capable of those I think he's he's made for those sitting deep backs against the wall performance that they're sort of made for Michael Keane and he was excellent again um, for jo- John Joe Kenny at right back didn't really mention his name and that's a, that's a good sign because he definitely didn't do anything wrong he wasn't spectacular by any means but put in a, a, a really really good performance as part of a, an overall good performance um, Ben Godfrey again Really, really energetic. Some great runs down the left. Uh, Anthony Gordon, absolutely love this kid. And, you know, his, his application again. You know, he works his socks off. You know, uh, and, and the end product was there. That was a, a really, really first-class ball into the box for the, for the goal. Um, and you can just tell he's loving it. He's loving every second of being out there on that pitch with the blue shirt on or, or the white shirt uh, on Thursday. You know, can't give that lad, you know, any more superlatives. Um no, than, than I am here today. Absolutely brilliant. Can't wait for the moment when he bags his first goal. That's going to be some moment that. Um, for Ellis Sims up front, you know, didn't have... Listen, we had 20-odd percent possession again. It was never going to be a case of Everton creating chance after chance away at Chelsea. It would have been suicide, three-point suicide. Um, but he, he worked tirelessly up front on his own. He did his best. Um, and I thought he could be proud of that performance. You know, coming up against... Thiago Silva and um, was it Rudiger centre backs? You know that that's that's a tough ask on on your first start in the Premier League, and I think he did himself proud. Um, so I think oh, overall probably missed missed a few off there. Um, Takore I don't think had his best game, but again loads of energy um, to come away with a point wasn't one we expected, but it's a massive point. Um, and again, hopefully whenever all of this clears up and football's set to resume again whether that's Boxing Day or not you know that that's another boost in the arm and I think 
what I would what, what I wouldn't like to see now is for Benitez to go back and start the likes of Rondon or even just automatically put Seamus Coleman back in there because you know they're the struggling you know for for different reasons age you know being crap whatever in Rondon's case but you know these kids have shown they've proven that they can come in they can do a job and it energizes it energizes the the, the rest of the group in my opinion so you know don't go backwards you know look at what's happened on Thursday it's not a surprise for me that we've we've ground out a one all draw and and take it going forward but it's a great point and hopefully something we can build on Ben Lee has mentioned so many topics and so many players that had outstanding performances but the first half we were watching the, the game at the live at the beer keller and we said at halftime, didn't we, that we were very, very lucky to go in at nil-nil. And we probably had Jordan Pickford to thank for that. Oh, yeah. First of all, uh, what a night in the beer killer we had on Thursday. It was really, really good. It felt like an away end throughout the whole game. Literally, everyone was screaming, getting on the tables, getting on the benches. So maybe something we can plan in the future. I watch it all again. I'll have a watch along because I really enjoy it. So thank you to each and every one of you that came. Now, on to the game. I thought Jordan Pickford, Mick, was absolutely sublime. Really, really solid, commanding. I think within the first 20 minutes, we could have and probably should have been 2 or 3-0 down. I think his body positioning, was he got into the right position early. I think that save in the second half, I think it was from Thiago Silva, from the header, from the corner. That's a fan, That's a phenomenal save, should I say, because... He was, he was, there's so many defenders around, and he, he heads it down into the floor. And it's a quick, sharp save to the right hand side. They had the Mason Mount chance in the first half, one on one, and it was a phenomenal performance from him. Um, it just shows why the media need to literally stop going on about Aaron Ramsdale and look at the real England's number one because Jordan Pickford was <laughs> brilliant. And it makes you think it, there's no wonder why they like to Tottenham are sniffing around for 30 million pounds. and it's one of them with Jordan Pickford last season we had a bit of a ups and downs 12 months ago we were all probably questioning his position in the side and I was one of them obviously when Robin Olsen was here we were all calling probably around this time for Robin Olsen to get a run of games but I think since he had that absence from the squad last season he's come in and he's proven us all wrong he's been he's been superb his distribution was good his commanding was good and we needed him there You've seen it throughout the whole game. Bramthwaite was in, as Lee Wright touched on. I thought he was superb. Michael Keane and even Holgate to an extent. They were solid. And it was all marshalled by Jordan Pickford at the back. I don't know if anyone else paid particular attention to it, but whenever there was a shot or a corner or when he got hold of the ball, he was just telling everyone to calm down, let's get our shape, get the, the formation absolutely spot on. And he was. You've got to lead from the back, especially when you've got such little experience we've got a lot of youth within the within the setup so I thought he played really well Mick but I'm just going to touch on the youth um in regards to what we've seen I think when we've seen that the lineup there was a lot of questions asked that I was a bit thinking oh my god this I, I don't know how we're going to perform here and to be fair to Lee Matt Neal who unfortunately not on today they all said look let's just see how the kids get on and they were right they they, they worked their socks off um, even the likes of John Joe Kenny, I can't, I can't fault him. I couldn't think of any negatives to say. Um, Anthony Gordon has, has proven me wrong again. Twelve months down the line, I was I was kind of undecided when he went on loan to Preston North End, and he's come back and he's an absolutely key figure in this squad now, and he, he should be starting regularly for Everton for me. We're obviously with all these injuries and they're going on about. So Chelsea were depleted. They had 
a, a COVID-stricken squad. Look, these are champions of Europe last season with this squad. They had four or five. I think I've lost count on what Evan was it eight, nine, ten, maybe even eleven injuries going throughout the whole squad. It's it's a it's faster. So it's come away with a point is absolutely massive. And I'm going to end my first little quote on this. Obviously, Lee touched on certain individuals who haven't been performing, who maybe do have more talent than the youth. But with any Everton player, especially the youth lads that come in, hard work beats talent. When talent doesn't work, it works hard. And I stand by that. If you work hard and show that you want to play for the shirt and run round, put pressure on the opposition, I'd much rather you do that than have all the talent in the world and all Evertonians can get behind that. Work hard for the shirt. Work hard for the club. If you work hard for the badge on the front of the shirt, we'll sing your name on the back. And I completely stand by that. All the all the all the kids did absolutely brilliant. But yeah, Pickford was man of the match for me, Mick. Sublime. Lee, Ben just touched on Anthony Gordon's performance. Anthony Gordon, 20 years of age. The jury was out on Anthony Gordon at the start of the season. I think most Evertonians would agree with that. Is he now playing himself into Rafa Benitez's plans where he's almost got to be a starter in this Everton team? Yeah, Ben swallows a quote book there, hasn't he? <laughs> um, what's it called? Uh, by the way, Ben, you've dug me out of one there because I forgot to mention Jordan Pickford before we got on to Anthony Gordon. And that was remiss of me. He was absolutely outstanding. England's number one. And like Ben said, be quiet about Ant Ramsdale because it's embarrassing. So yeah, anyway, Anthony Gordon, Mick. Yeah, I think if you, if you look at our predicaments at the minute with injuries and stuff, this lad has to be starting games now. Um, I think he, he, he looked very raw towards the start of the season. Um, and, you know, perhaps he hasn't got the sort of goals and assists numbers that he would have liked at this point. However, that was a great assist the other night. His energy, like, like Ben's just touched upon there, he's talked about in his post-match interview as well around Evertonians will, will get behind you and they'll love you. If you, if you work hard and you put 100% effort in, he recognises this, you know, and he'd be saying that to other players as well. You know, he's vocal, um, you know, he, he's not scared to put himself about um, and he just brings in energy. And if you're playing alongside someone like Anthony Gordon and you're seeing him run his socks off and run himself into the ground week in, week out, you're going to be asking yourself questions and thinking, right, I should be doing the same. They're the levels that we expect, you know, and some of the more talented players in our squad like again it's a great point Ben's just made they should be looking at him and they should feel embarrassed you know because this is a young kid 20 years of age earning I would guess I would hazard a guess in saying possibly a tenth of what some of them players are earning and they're walking around you know giving you know not even half of the percentage of the effort that Anthony Gordon's given week in week out and that's why everyone's getting behind and that's why the, the Everton fans behind that goal were singing his name loudly for the first time and, and his chat and look what it meant to him um, so listen he is an integral part of the squad if we were if, if we're realistic you know at, at 20 years of age he's not the finished product just yet and if we want Everton to be where we want to be maybe the January transfer window is a little bit too soon sorry to be talking like this but we'd probably want someone a bit more experienced and more towards the finished finished product in there who will provide more goals and assists on a weekly basis. But Anthony Gordon's more than worthy of a starting um, place at Everton just now with the way things are. Uh, and, you know, if you were to give people the option, Everton fans, the option between him 
and certain other individuals who have been getting game time recently, you're going to pick Anthony Gordon every single time. So he should be proud of himself. The way he's applied himself is absolutely first class. Um, you know, and I'm wanting to see him on the team sheet a lot more as we go forward. And I think that'll coincide with more points. Ben, I know I spoke to you during the game and it was interesting, wasn't it? Because before the game, when we seen the lineup, I think most Evertonians did fear the worst and probably had one eye on the Leicester game before that was obviously postponed due to COVID. And obviously it almost looked like Rafa Benitez and, and Paco Di Miguel had that similar mindset, didn't it? Because during the game, Rafa wasn't on the touchline as much and they were probably quite reserved. But the longer the game went on, the coaching staff started to sense something, didn't they? And when Decore made that mistake and it broke down and then on the break, Mason Mount made it 1-0, you could see the frustration in Rafa Benitez. The camera panned straight to them. Paco Di Miguel, Rafa's trusty lieutenant, they were both on the touchline barking at the Everton players. And at that point, they probably feared the worst and thought, you know what, a point is going to slip away from us here. So it was it was absolutely fantastic, wasn't it, when Branthwaite got that goal because we didn't create much, we didn't have the ball, we rode our luck, but you know what, the system was spot on, wasn't it? And not many times this season we praise Rafa Benitez's system, but the back five, it worked, didn't it? Yeah, like I said, we've criticised Benitez's tactics um, quite a lot recently, to be fair. But I think like you're absolutely spot on, Mick. When he gets it wrong, you've got to give him, you've got to tell him on this podcast. And when he gets it right, we'll give you the same feedback because I thought we looked very solid. Like Lee touched on earlier, Michael Keane, look, he, the past couple of games, he looks like he might, potentially may have ch- turned, turned the corner. Superb he was. They, they all knew what they were doing. They just they were solid. They were compact, and like you said, Benitez was potentially like he kept on getting a bit more active in the second half. When we went in nil nil during the um, the first half, we all spoke at the beer keller and went, "There's something in there for us." You know, we, we look solid. We look like we look coached again, and, and we know the football wasn't great. But look at the eleven that was out there. We, we were never going to have large possessions of the ball. It was going to be very attacking, counter attacking, and away performance. And we seen the three at the back against Burnley earlier on the season. And we were at sixes and sevens again because obviously Burnley went four four two in that game and had two people up front. It, it caused us real issues. Whereas Chelsea didn't have that many forwards in and around the centre half. They were attacking with a lot of width. Uh, Mason Mount, I thought for them was a looked superb. He's becoming a great little player to be fair, but he was finding gaps at times. And look, they performed. Branthwaite was. I know he's been suffering with growing pains of late. The kid's six foot five, maybe even bigger, and he's still getting growing pains. He's going to be a big fella, a really big fella. He's very good on the ball, and he could potentially save us a lot of money in the future, potentially looking at another centre-half. I think he could potentially be a really good world-beater going forward. Matthew Neal on the podcast, as I said earlier, is a really, really big fan of him. Really likes him, likes his style of play. But no, it, it was good to see the response, Mick. And then as soon as that, as soon as it went 1-1, I think the last 10 minutes... There was a few chances there where we could potentially have actually gone on to nick it. I think Lewis Dobbin um, had a really good opportunity and a few other shots. I know the XGA, the XG stats, if people pay attention to them, I think it was near enough three for Chelsea and 0.59 for us. So we, going off that, we definitely, definitely rode our luck. But a point was enormous. It was massive. And I feel like defensively, I thought that was the type of performances we were going to see with Rafael Benitez mixed for me because we looked coached again defensively. And it did work. It definitely did work. I know it's you might not want to see it at home to somebody like Norwich or Burnley or someone like that. I understand that. But away at these so-called big six, shall we say, and, and the champions of Europe, which, which they are, 
and their squad they've got is unbelievable. Um, to go away there, literally frustrate them the whole game. I know we had some really good saves by Jordan Pippen, but I think a point was a fair result. You've got some people on TalkSport saying we should have been B4 or 5 now, and they're just spitting their dummies out again. I think 1-1 one, one was well-deserved. I feel like the reaction in the beer can and the away end was great. Everyone was on sides, up for it, because they showed fight. Finally, they showed a bit of fight, determination and grit. I don't know how many times I've said them three words on this pod, but that's all we want, just fight for the shirts. Just literally put yourself about, be active, be busy. And we can get behind it, like Lee touched on again earlier. Anthony Gordon saying that yeah, the fans, were, I've never heard them sing like that before. Because all, all the kids put in a really, really good shift. And a lot of fans have been asking for it for a long time. But just throw them in and he throw them in and they, they've repaid them big time. Because that point could be massive. It stops the rot. It stops the rot that we said about Crystal Palace. And we've bounced back now. Four points out of Arsenal at home. Palace away and Chelsea away isn't the worst return of results. It, the past 10 games should have been a lot better and pressure is still on for Rafael Benitez. It really, really is. One game doesn't change it because it, it still is, what, five points out of 33, which is not good enough. Really, really is not good enough. But his performance, his, his coaching for that game, I think he got it absolutely spot on. Yeah, he's, he's not out of the woods and, and he still is under pressure, Lee. But... Just talking about fight, determination and grit. When we hired Rafa Benitez, we all thought that's probably what we would get. The bare minimum would be Everton would be very well organised, tough to break down, hard to beat, very regimental, tight in the system. And that's probably one of the first games this season where I thought, you know what, Rafa Benitez has got these into a system and they look very, very well organised. And do you put that down to the youth and the enthusiasm of the players who the likes of Branthwaite, John Joe Kenny, people buying into the system. Do you put it down to that or do you think it's down to the likes of Jordan Pickford, Michael Keane, barking the orders and saying, no, no, we're going to be tight here. We're going to keep it tight and we're just going to try and nick a point. Do you, do you put it down to the youth or do you put it more down to the experience of the players that started the game? I think a little bit of both. Um, just when Ben was speaking then, I was just thinking back to Thursday night uh, at the beer keller and we were all waiting for the team to come out. I can hand on heart say, and I mean this, if... If it, if it would have been the same old, same old, you know, given the injuries, if we were to see you know, some of these stale players starting, you know, who have been annoying a lot of Evertonians, you know, with the presence in the, in the starting lineup, I probably wouldn't have watched it. I'd have probably just mingled around, I'd have, you know, been at the bar, whatever. But as it turned out, when I saw that team sheet and I saw the youth given a go, I changed my mind almost instantaneously from expecting a a heavy defeat and a, you know a really really difficult night. I was like, we could get something, um, and and I was actually speaking to Peter Reed and James Vaughan at half time at the back, and they were thinking the same. You just got that sort of feeling that there was something there for us because of the energy that those kids give us. Now, obviously, Jordan Pickford and Michael Keane were absolutely outstanding. I think it's a game that suits Michael Keane perfectly when you sort of camped. In your sort of in your own half, you know he's brilliant at those sort of games. He tends to struggle when it's you know a bit more expansive and open, and it's a game that we're expected to win. Pickford is just in great form, and he he, he led from the back. He was outstanding, um, and you know they they marshaled us brilliantly. And maybe you know I've I've said before on previous podcasts, when you you give youth a chance, and you see that energy, it can't it, as a senior player. I think that makes you step up and think, right, I've got more of a responsibility. There's more responsibility on my shoulders here to lead the way 
lead by example. You know, show these kids what it means to to play for Everton. You know, and likewise, you know, seeing the 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 energy and enthusiasm that these kids have got, that's got to rub off on those. So it's a, it's a two way street, uh, and I think that's what happened. You know, you you can't help but look at John Joe Kenny. He's not okay. We've all said until the cows come home, he's not the most gifted of footballers. He probably isn't the right back that we want to see playing for Everton long term. But he gives the monkeys. He 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 loves wearing that shirt. It means something to him. Um, and I'm not saying Seamus Coleman doesn't. Of course he does it. Playing for Everton means a lot to Seamus Coleman as well. But his legs have gone. His legs have completely gone. And it was something new. It was just something a bit fresher. You know, Branthwaite, again, an absolute colossus at the back. You know, I, I, again, I'm, I've been a big fan of his since he broke onto the side. And perhaps he should have been given a go a little bit sooner. Well, there's no perhaps about it. He absolutely should have done. You know, and again, the lads up front, Dobbin, we haven't mentioned him yet when he came on. That was an absolutely superb half an hour from, from Dobbin. He put himself about. He was, you know, energetic. Um, you know, he was in the face, and in that last twenty minutes, we could have nicked it with, with better decision making, and in that final third, a bit more composure, we, we could have nicked that game. And imagine that! Wow. Um, so, you know, it was a bit of both. Mick, I think the the people who should have stepped up, you know, did. You know, and too often this season they haven't, unfortunately. And the the youth really, really give everyone a lift. Um, and I think that's something that we've got to tap into as we move forward. Sometimes. Being in in a predicament and you know being the victim of bad circumstances and in our case it's injuries and stuff like that, it means you stumble across something, you know. And hopefully we've stumbled across things now. Other options that we can use, you can come on. So Benitez, you can trust Gerard Branthwaite. You know you can't trust Jerry Mina now. You know so maybe Branthwaite presented Benitez with a a nice headache. Okay, if we can get twenty five million for Jerry Mina and invest it in another part of the the team that is crying out for investments, do it because I'm here. Jenna Branfoy's here. You know, Dobbin and Sims up front between them, they can do a better job than Solomon Rondon. Surely, come on, you don't need to be a, a master tactician to see that. So keep it up. That's what we want to see. And I think if we if, if we do see that, I think our, our fortunes will turn around when you add in the likes of Calvert-Lewin and everyone else who, who's due to come back. So we've got to take the positives from what was, I think, a joint effort, the experience and the youth, they both stepped up and they both got at that point on Thursday. Ben, a host of absentees amongst the Everton ranks, but one notable absentee yet again for the third game running was Luca Dean, the left-back, the French international, apparently was ill, said he was ill, so he was unavailable for the game down in London on Thursday. Where, where do you sit with this one now? Obviously, the, the, the water's being murkied between them both. You know, it's murky water, shall I say. Luca Dean, Rafa Benitez, they both probably have their opinions of each other. Who's right, who's wrong, or are they both in the wrong or both in the right? Do you see this one being resolved? Everton have obviously been linked with now the Vitali Michaelenko from Dynamo Kiev, a 22-year-old left-back in replacement to Luca Dean. You would imagine if the fee of around £17 million English pounds is correct. Everton, you know, obviously financially stricken due to FFP. So you'd imagine if we are going to be spending that sort of money on a left-back, he's going to come in and start. So do you think it's the beginning of the end for, for Luca Dean's time at Everton? Yeah, unfortunately so. Um, I feel like it, it's game over. I feel like we can all see it. I feel like he will be. If, if, if the right proposal comes in in January, I think Lucas Dean will be gone. So it's, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth, really, because we, we've all seen Lucas Dean over the years. He's been absolutely brilliant, hasn't he? 
going up offensively. He's one of our key creators of chances. Um, the first couple of seasons he was here, I thought he was phenomenal. He's up there for one of the best left-backs in the Premier League. And obviously, it's only last year that he signed a long-term, it was a five-year contract, wasn't it, taken up to end of June 2025, I think. So he committed his club, He committed to the club, and I think he said big ambition from the club, and they lo- love the supporters. So I don't know what's gone on. There's memes all over Twitter that obviously they've had a big falling out, and I don't think it's any surprise that they have. And it was surprising to see Benitez openly come out and say, yeah, he said he was in the starting 11 and then he's phoned in sick, basically. And then he was on it's some Christmas market somewhere the next day, posted on Instagram of a picture of his son, I think it was yesterday. So I don't know what's going on. It sounds really messy. Um, this left back coming in, we've had a, I've spoke to people who are clearly in the know and they look at all the stats and they said that, that this kid coming in, Make great pronunciation, by the way. I'm not going to attempt it. The Ukrainian left back, I'll just leave it as. But I haven't seen much of him. I'm not going to lie. But people have watched him saying he's athletic. He gets forward. He's got good ball retention. And but so weirdly, his stats defensively aren't as good as Lucas Dean's. Now I've always said that. I don't think Dean's the best defender. However, his stats have been really good this season. So it's going to be hard for him to to, to go because I feel like he's one of our better players. But look, you look on the other side. He's been poor for the past twelve months for me. And the people want, that's my opinion. I feel like he hasn't been up to his usual standards over the past 12 months. And if you can get 25, 30 million pounds for a 29 year old left back who maybe is on a decline slightly. And we, it's, but again, it's, it's our recruitment, Mick. It's back to this old chestnut that we spoke about so much. Can we leave, leave Farah Bashiri with 30 million pounds to spend? I'm not so sure. This kid could be great, could not. Um, I hope he is. Hope he's a success. Obviously, I'm the same Everton fan. I've been watching YouTube clips of him. He, look, he looks, he does look good. He looks like he gets forward. Looks athletic. Good crossing into the box. Gets some good assists. And I feel like, obviously, in the Euros in the summer, he performed very well as well. So he's been on a few big clubs' radars. I think Napoli were heavily interested in him as well last summer, and a move didn't quite materialise. And Everton have acted early, Mick, as well, which surprised me and probably everyone. That we actually somehow got a deal done, not on January the 31st, on the last day of the transfer window. And hopefully it doesn't stop there. I think we've all heard of certain individuals on Twitter that we're after the right back and also a number 10. So let's see how we go. For me, personally, I think it's the end of the road for Lucas Dean at Everton. I just, I think when you fall out of Rafael Benitez, his stubbornness just gets in the way and it's game over. I think Jabby Alonso missed the game due to the birth of his child. Six months later, he was sold. Because of that, apparently that was the start of all the arguments. So, look, if he's been challenged by Lucas Dean, then I can't see a way back from it. it, it I didn't want it to end like this because I, I do like Lucas Dean as a player. But it all it all depends. Now we're getting the right money in for the club financially. We cannot allow a, a player of Lucas Dean's calibre to be leaving for £15 million because it just makes no sense to me. We need to. He's got a long contract. He's a French international starting left-back. So we need to get the money in and we obviously spent it on the left-back and see if we can get the other two positions filled with that money and go from there. But it doesn't look good. We've seen our financial implications. And for me, and I understand that the obviously the, the wage structure for this deal for the Ukrainian lad and the payments are going to be over a four-year, four or five-year period, so they're going to spread the amortisation costs. But look, I think Lucas Dean's gone personally, Mick. I don't know what your thoughts are. 
It's interesting, isn't it, Lee? I mean, in an ideal world, you'd want Luka Dean to remain at the club while Michaelenko, the, the Ukrainian left-back, you know, sinks his teeth into English football and, and gets used to the speed of the game, how we do things over here in England and almost, you know, get used to the Everton life. But obviously, if Luka Dean leaves, he's going to be thrown straight into the deep end. So just looking at Michaelenko, he is a product of the Dynamo Kiev youth system. He's played over 20 times for the Ukrainian national team. And he's, he's featured in the under-17s, under-18s, under-19s and the under-21s for Ukraine. So, And he's had 88 appearances for Dynamo Kiev, senior appearances. He is only 22. So he is very experienced for a 22-year-old. He's played in the Europa League, away from home in the Europa League. So he should be, you know, he should be quite a mentally tough character now. He's been playing at, at high-level games, high-pressured games. But for me, in an ideal world, Luca Dean would, would be kept on for another year or so and then Everton sell and then blood in Michael Enko. A little bit like what we did with Leighton Baines. I thought that was the perfect transition and a, and a blueprint of how to transition players. Baines phased out, Luca Dean phased in. I thought it was absolutely perfect. And I think that's the only disappointing thing for me. If we are going to look to the future, which is absolutely fine, it's, it's perfect recruiting. I think Luca Dean, in an ideal world, will be kept on for another 12 months while Michaelenko settles in. Because I know Luca Dean is only 28, 29 next summer. So there's still life there. He's still a fantastic footballer, French, French international. His form hasn't been particularly good, but he is still a superb talent. So that's the one disappointing thing for me, Lee. I don't know what your thoughts are, but in an ideal world, Dean would be kept on for another year while Michaelenko sinks his teeth into English football. What are your thoughts? No, no I absolutely agree with you. Um, of course, you know, in a perfect world, that's what would happen. Um, you know, you'd have a, a happy Luca Dean, um, you know, happy playing his football, happy with the manager, but with this understudy uh, ready to come in and out as and when. But obviously, in reality, that, that's not going to happen because he's clearly very, very unhappy at the football club now um, under Benitez. So I think no, ma no matter what you think of that, um, I think... I'm with Ben. Watching Luca Dean in the last couple of years, he's really, really struggled. We've not seen that sort of force going forward. It, you know, he, his, his final product has been really, really poor, actually, at times. Um, and he, he is, he's just not on it. And, if, and obviously now we've seen what's happened with Benitez. Once you fall out with him, there's no going back. So we've just got to accept the reality is he's probably desperate now to get out of the football club and find himself a, a, a good move. Because like you say, you know, he's still got a hell of a lot to offer. Um, although his form's not being great for Everton, there's still a player in there. And, you know, as I say, he is only 28. Um, so it is absolutely imperative that we focus now on, OK, we've, we've identified this lad and I'll talk about him in a second, but we've got to get, we've got to get maximum revenue for, for Luca Dean. Um, you know, and I'm talking £30 million upwards. You know, he is, he's France's number one starting left back. Um, you know, and he's not become a bad player overnight. So I just hope Everton stand firm, you know, and aren't, aren't sort of, you know, made out to be mugs in the transfer market in January. Because I think it is going to be next month that he's pushing for a move. And there's probably suitors lined up to take Luca Dean. If you think how many left backs are there of his calibre, not many. Um, but in terms of Everton now, we've got to focus on on the future. You know, if Luca Dean is the past, you know, he, he's one player. He's not bigger than the football club. We've got to focus on the future now. And I like the, the look of this lad coming in. You know, it, it, it's not a, one of these lazy, obvious signings that have, that have gone wrong so often in the last four or five years. 
you know, you have nightmares of perhaps just going out and signing whatever left back isn't starting for Man United or Arsenal. If but we haven't, we've gone, we've gone further afield. We've looked, you know, out of the four or five main European leagues, and we found this lad who, who looks like he's got a bit of pedigree behind him. Like you say, all those things you've just touched upon there are, are true. You know, he's a great age. He's really, really athletic. He's a, he's an international. He's been playing for a club that plays regularly in Europe. Um, and he's got time on his side as well. So I think coming in, you know, although yes, you bang on with what you say. You know, it would be great if he could play understudy and learn from Luca Dean. You know, he's going to be thrown in by the by the looks of it because we haven't got any other option. Well, perhaps you know we're we're forgetting a point here. Ben Godfrey's been playing really, really well at left back. So maybe he'll play understudy to Ben Godfrey for a while. Who knows? Um, but I think he could be one. He's one of these moody Eastern Europeans. Let's hope he comes in and he, he can, you know, establish himself and be as, just as popular for Everton as Luca Dean has been. Uh, you know, and maybe make himself a fan favourite. Who knows? You know, we, we we could have a real gem on our hands. So let's just give him a chance. But listen, it's football. These things happen. You know, players move on. It's happened all the time. It'll happen again in the future. We've just got to go get behind this new lads. And I'm just looking forward to seeing or hearing all the different versions of his name from the Gladys Street because that'll, that'll make us all laugh, I think. Ben, looking ahead, obviously Sunday against Leicester at Goodison Park is postponed due to COVID. Do you think that's a good thing for this current Everton squad and the coaching staff? Obviously, with the injuries mounting up, do you think Everton will be quietly happy that the game's been postponed? And at the moment, the next game is Boxing Day, so it gives the likes of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Yerry Mina, Damari Gray, a few more days rest and a few more days to get fit. Yeah, definitely. I think they're probably coming at the right time, to be fair, because it's a big game, Leicester at home. It's a game I think we could sort of get three points out of as well. They've come into a bit of form, won a few games, but it's like the likes of Newcastle, etc. they've beat along the way. But look, I think it's probably good, a good thing, personally. Um, obviously, Carver-Lewin's near in fitness with Charleston was only, obviously, for three to four weeks, potentially two to four weeks. So it gives him an extra week. Alan's been probably thrown back in again relatively soon he's still not 100% fit Seamus Coleman another one <laughs> it's just how, how big is this list going on it's just incredible how many injuries we have at the moment and yeah yeah I, I really do think it's a must win game that one Mick for me um, hurt at home to Leicester it would have been a big three points the crowd would have been bang up for it on um, and then we go on to Burnley the week after who have now had more COVID cases so it just makes you think it is there going to be a two-week delay? I know there's reports and talks about a two-week cut-off. So, short-term, I'd be gutted not to obviously... I've got some presents and that for Christmas for me, family, go and watch certain games. Um, and I'd be gutted to miss out on that around the Christmas period because, look, it's so the best bit about the Christmas period is watching the football and that with your family, etc. Just gathering around, eating quality street, watching the matches because that's what I'm all about. But, this COVID, it's not going away. It's just really starting to frustrate a lot of people. But everyone just needs to keep their head up, Mick, obviously mentally and stuff, because we all need to stick together. I just wanted to get that point across. Um, it will be all right. And myself, Lee, you, Mick, we're all, we're all open to talk to if anyone's, if anyone's struggling. But yeah, back to the game. It's, yeah, it is what it is, Mick. We've got so many injuries. I just start, start to like question myself, like, how has it got to this? It literally, it's not just two or three. Like I said before, it's 8, 9, 10, 11. I've never, ever, ever known anything like this, ever. It's 
it's really is unbelievable. It's just, you've just got to sit back and laugh. But it probably is a good thing that it's been cancelled. It gives us a bit more time to, to prepare. Fingers crossed that Burnley game's on and we can get a few faces back. Obviously, Calvert-Lewin, that we've had certain individuals on our spaces the past couple of weeks. He's nearing a full return. And as you said at the beginning of the season, Rafael Benitez has kind of set up this system, set up the formation for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He kind of said, get balls into the box and Calvert-Lewin will get on the end of them which we were at the beginning of the season. And there's no the correlation between the drop-off of form and those not winning any games is when Dominic Calvert-Lewin got injured. That's when the formation and the system and no one knew what to do because at that point we had no striker bursting onto the ball, winning headers, holding the ball up, involving the wingers. So the whole game plan they trained for throughout the whole pre-season just went out the window. So Dominic Calvert-Lewin coming back would be enormous, especially for the run we've got. We spoke about it before on the spaces myself and Lee hosted the past couple of weeks. There's no easy games for Everton and we need every bit of luck possible that we can get. So this delay is probably coming, at, I'd say, a good time. I understand Leicester have injuries as well and COVID issues, but I feel like we're in more of a crisis than anybody in this Premier League. So we need all the days we can get. Leon, Ben just touched on mental health. One player that does seem to be maybe struggling is, is Alex Awobi. Today on social media is Saturday. So today on Saturday, Alex Awobi has deleted a lot of his Everton content on Instagram on his personal page. And he's actually posted a, a picture of, of regarding mental health. And I think mental health matters or something very, very similar to that due to criticism from a large proportion of the Evertonians. Do you think it's now maybe time for... Alex Awobi to come off social media and almost maybe do himself a favour and take a step back and enjoy his life and focus on playing for football rather than going on Instagram and, and whatever other social media channels he uses and has to read abuse and everything else. Obviously, mm. it, it's very difficult and many Evertonians are emotional, especially when we're not performing very well. Where do you sit with this? Obviously, I know, you know, in these times, anybody should be able to go onto social media and not get abused. But Alex mm-hmm. Iwobi is clearly suffering, clearly suffering due to the post that he's put on Instagram and obviously he's deleting all his Everton content. If you were part of the Everton setup now, would you maybe pull him to one side and advise him to come off social media for a little while and take a break? Yeah, well, as I say, like Ben's, and ben, you, I know you two are both the same. I'm really passionate about mental health. And um, listen, it's it's not nice. Let, football and mental health and you're abusing someone are two completely different things. Now, obviously, there's a, a widespread opinion that Alex Wobie, obviously, it's not happening for him at Everton. It's, it's not going to happen either. Um, you know, that that's clear. It's best for all parties if he finds himself another club and moves on and, and the best of luck to him. There's a fine line, obviously, at the match, you can, you can air your frustrations. You know, you, you're going to get annoyed. That's happened to, to players for a long time and you and you hear the old you hear some of the, the phrases you know they paid a lot of money you know the, 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 the they should be you know able to deal with that okay to an extent okay so it's when you start getting personal and social media okay we, it has its plus points we you know we, we've benefited from it you know there's there's great aspects of social media and there's people who out there who are really passionate about wanting to help people but there's a massive massive negative dark side to social media as well and the abuse that people have to suffer is, is not on. So don't get personal, you know. And the, there has been examples, unfortunately, of people, you know, tagging Alex Awobi into posts and targeting him directly. And and I think that's below the line. Um, 
And yeah, if I if I was someone at the club now, I'd probably be pulling them to one side and giving them a bit of advice as you know, maybe maybe coming off it for a while, letting the heat die down. But he shouldn't be put in a position where he feels like he has to delete his Everton pictures and things like that. Because okay, he, he he's not he's not done well as an Everton player. You know, let, let's get it right. His price tag hasn't helped him. You know, he's come in at a time where there's a load of other bits of turmoil around the club. But his performances on the pitch have in the main been extremely poor. And Everton fans have never really got behind him. But feeling the need to have to come off social media because of personal abuse, for me, doesn't sit right. And nobody should have to deal with that. Nobody, whether you're a footballer, a singer, a celebrity, or just a, a normal man on the street, nobody should have to deal with that. Um, so, you know, Alex Wobi, as, as an Everton player, do I hope you replace him? Yeah. Do I wish him the absolute best of luck? And, you know, nothing but sort of happiness in his personal life, yeah. So you, you don't have to hate the person. You know, you want better for your football club, that's fine. You have an opinion of him as a player, that's absolutely fine. But as a man and as an individual, he's still got to go home to his family and things like that and live his life. So there's got to be there's got to be a line. Um, and I think, unfortunately, you know, too many people, too many faceless trolls and stuff on social media find it far far too easy to to cross that line unfortunately and and I, and I don't think that's right that is all we've got time for everton's next game is boxing day as it stands on the 26th of december it's a 3 p.m kickoff at turf moor away to burnley in the meantime enjoy the point at stanford bridge a fantastic point by everton's youngsters and a few experienced players and a much needed pick me up just before Christmas. For those that came to the Beer Keller, we hope you enjoyed yourself. It was a fantastic night with just over 200 Blues in attendance. So thanks again from the bottom of my heart, Ben's heart and Lee's heart. We really appreciate the support and it was, again, a fantastic event and there will be another event just around the corner in the new year. In the meantime, have a great Christmas if you don't hear from us and we'll see you at Turf Moor. Take care and all the very best. Thank you.